0: The Tablet Show, Episode 84, with guest Atlee Hunter. Recorded live Saturday, May 11th, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Atlee Hunter about the Portable Class Library. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at TELERIK.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard.
1: Thank you very much, and welcome back to The Tablet Show. It's Carl, it's Richard, and Atlee's here, we're all here. So, what's up with you, Mr. Campbell?
0: ha <laughs> ha! I don't know. I, I talk on the internet, man. That seems to be my job these days. I have very little to complain about. It's always an adventure. So you know, Mark
1: Maron, right? We went to go see him. Yeah. See, he does that uh, WTF podcast. It
0: was great to meet him in person.
1: It was a great live show. That Margaret Cho was uh, was there, and they got into something hilarious. And there was so much just chock full of content. So you know, I'm trying to reach out with you know podcasts. So I thought I'd listen to his podcast for the first time. And I proceeded to be barraged by 20 minutes of shameless self-promotion. And it was just so depressing. And I know that's not like what his show is all the time. But I guess he's come out with uh, a new thing on IFC. And he's talking about interviewing with Howard Stern. And, like, you know, his career's taking off. Jimmy Fallon, like, he's becoming this big thing. And I just happened to catch the podcast where, I swear, 20 or 30 minutes of just nothing, fluff,
0: Wow, interesting. <sighs> Makes you want to keep our header tight.
1: Yes, it does. And in that vein, let's get started with Better know Framework. Awesome. But before that, I want some shameless self-promotion. No, I'm no. just kidding. Of course, uh, I went out to find some new JavaScript stuff that I haven't heard about because, you know, what's one more JavaScript library? So I found this one called LivePipe, livepipe.net, and... All I know about it is the samples that I see on the website, which are pretty cool. Hmm. So what is LivePipe? Tabs, windows, text area, select multiple, rating, progress bar, scroll bar, context menu. LivePipe UI is a suite of high-quality widgets and controls for Web 2.0 applications built using the prototype JavaScript framework. Interesting. Prototype. So there you go. And uh, it it looks interesting. I Like I said, all I've seen is the demos, and they
0: look pretty cool. Now, dude, did you notice the banner at the top of the page It says LivePipe has been deprecated and no longer maintained? The pro- author now primarily works on Thorax?
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can still download. Yeah. You can still download and use it.
0: Yeah, just because it's not being worked on by the guy who started it doesn't mean it's gone. Yeah. And of course, there's always Thorax.
1: And if you follow that link to Thorax, that's an opinionated, battle-tested, backbone-plus-handlebars framework to build large-scale web applications. Cool. Which is apparently used by Walmart, ASDA, and MetaLab. Interesting. It never ends with
0: this stuff, does it? Nope, never does. Richard, who's talking to us? Grabbed a comment off of show 69. Hey, that was my show number, Donette Rocks, way back when. Wow. That was a show we did with Atley. Talking about when he built forty Win8 apps in ten days over the Christmas break, which is of course insane. He's crazy. That's what we come to expect from Atley. Yeah. And this comment comes from Jeff McGill, who says, "Hey guys, just wanted to say thanks for all you do. You two are the best podcasters I've heard, and I listen to both .NET Rocks and the Tablet Show regularly. As a forty-one-year-old finance professional trying to learn to program, I gotta say it's not easy." There's so much to learn. Where do I start? Where do I focus? And how in hell can I compete with that (laughs) eight-year-old? Why even bother? It can be incredibly demotivating for someone without a tech background who's so far along in an unrelated career. It's a huge step to take. Mm. But you guys helped me realize that you just have to jump in and get to it. Do it because you enjoy it, for the intellectual challenge, and for the creativity, and don't be afraid. Writing a piece of bad code isn't going to kill me, but if I don't write bad code, I'll never learn to write good code. And as a result, I started writing Windows Phone apps in January—the first program I've ever done beyond "Hello World." And I now have two apps published in the store, with a long list of more to come and new ideas popping up almost daily. I have been this excited since my first foggy window backseat experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, almost. he was—he
1: was cleaning the seats, I think. I uh,
0: guess that must
1: have been the experience it he's must talking have been about. It.
0: Yeah. Thanks again, guys, and if you've got the time, check out my apps, Connectivity Manager and CalcBase, and that's from Jeff McGill. Yeah, Jeff, we won't mention your apps on the show. Sorry about that. Sorry, Jeff. We can't do that. But, yeah, thanks for the great message. What more do we do this for than to get folks excited about programming and to dive right in? So, good for you. That's really cool. Let's add a Tablet Show mug to your roster, and uh, it's on its way to you. And if you'd like a Tablet Show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com.
1: Atlee, your Skype icon has changed to an ad for all my children. (laughs) Watch now on Hulu. That's not your face. And I wonder why they chose that for you. I don't know. Atlee Hunter is a passionate developer with over 15 years experience. As one of the most prolific modern UI developers in the world, so much so that his name is a verb. He has more than 100, how many apps now? In the Windows Uh, Phone Store?
2: 152.
1: All right, we got to update your bio. He has more than 152 apps in the Windows Phone Store, and how many in the Windows RT Store?
2: Uh, right now, I believe it's 86.
1: Oh, my God. As a Microsoft Windows Phone MVP, Telerik MVP7 Insider, and Nokia Ambassador, he is constantly working with developers worldwide to improve both skills and the platforms themselves. Atlee is always sharing his knowledge and connecting with developers through events, his blog, email, Twitter, Skype, and LinkedIn. Welcome back, Atlee. And, you know, I heard somebody actually use your name as a verb. They they, they said, I'm really productive, but I'm not Atley productive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's very, very funny and part of the surreal nature of my
1: life. You're like the guy that writes the apps. Your name is synonymous with that.
2: It's, it's, it's quite funny, and I found that I have to be very careful about what I say because people take things not always exactly how I meant them. <laughs>
1: So I called you up the other day to talk about something else entirely, and you said, I can't talk very much. I'm, I'm working on a new app. Can you talk about
2: that now? Um, I can talk a little bit about it. I can't actually mention what the app is yet. Because, All right. Uh, NDAs and everything else. But uh,
1: Can we say that it's uh, in correspondence with a very popular movie?
2: Uh, I, I think we could probably say that, yes. All right. Yeah.
1: So a very popular movie that uh, geeks will love when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And you're writing the official app for it. Yes. Cool.
2: Yes. Wow. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it's quite an interesting project, and uh, it was a really good exercise in sort of extending what I've been doing with uh, portable class libraries over the last while. Uh, basically, really um, utilizing the uh, the ability to build your your model and your uh, your models, and your objects once and then uh, also your business logic or your game logic once, and then apply it to uh, views for each platform.
1: And speaking of portable class libraries, this is sort of um, the holy grail of development on the Windows 8, Phone 8 uh, platform. And we've talked a little bit about portable class libraries. It's sort of critical for things like MVVM cross, but you're using them to, uh, to, to try to maintain a code base between Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8, right?
2: yes yes and uh actually possibly in an upcoming project uh, between uh xbox windows 8 and windows phone 8 as well really yeah
1: wow and so this is sort not everything obviously falls into that category but the the meat of the application the the model if you will uh falls into that library
2: yeah done properly done properly um your object should fall into that category and a good portion of your business logic or your or your um, functionality logic should fall there especially if you're doing mdvm properly um, a good portion of your logic should be able to fall within that category now the you know the you do have to be careful though depending on how many different platforms you're trying to support with that one portable class library it will sort of whittle down the amount of things that you can do within it um, because obviously if you're if you're covering .NET Framework uh, or Silverlight 4.0 and uh, try to also cover Windows 8 uh, and Xbox, you're going to find that uh, you're not going to be able to do quite as much with your portable class library as if you were, say, just covering Windows Phone 8 and Windows 8.
0: So it's a progressively more restricted set depending on what platforms you're supporting.
2: Yeah, it basically whittles down to the lowest common denominator, which, I mean, it basically has to to be able to cover... All of those, uh, officially.
0: And what's the lowest?
2: Um, I think that what you'd probably be looking at is, uh, phone 7.1, Xbox, and Silverlight 4 is probably the lower okay. end of that.
0: Interesting. It still supports Silverlight. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. when Silverlight was dead? Yeah.
2: I, 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 keep, I, I tell people that it's actually joined the Witness Protection Program. His name is C-Sharp and XAML and moved to RT. Right.
0: <laughs> All C-Sharp and XAML then?
2: Yes, in these cases, yes. Uh, There's not a portable class library per se ability for JavaScript um, as JavaScript isn't covered directly or accessing the the phone uh, runtime uh, directly as it does in the Windows runtime. So it's not the same experience. Like you can write uh, a phone application using HTML5 and JavaScript, but it's basically using the wrapper that comes in the SDK. So it basically comes very much like a, a phone gap type situation. So, yeah, in the Portable Class Library case, you're pretty much looking at uh, C Sharp and XAML.
0: Okay. I mean, that's that's fair. You know, we've got to pick a language one way or the other. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to be the one that's most closely tied to .NET. So I guess the key here is just sort of figure out, well, what's in and what's out.
2: From what I've seen and from what I've experienced, most, uh, an awful lot is actually there. There's a, there's a good portion of, uh, your general object uh, abilities and pretty much every type is there. The one type that I found that wasn't there that kind of surprised me and kind of bothered me in a couple of projects was the fact that images or bitmaps are not available. Really? Because they're accessed through different namespaces, uh, in, in Windows 8 and then in the phone. So they don't get carried on the let's say the system. windows or the system libraries. They're actually uh, windows.media on one and uh, media.xml on another. it ends up being uh, a different uh, access point and you can't use conditional if statements or right. conditional or conditional compile statements. So in a portable class library, so you're sort of left handling your images through either URIs. Or, um, or, or, coming up with another way to sort of create that, that link to an image.
0: And you can't use conditional ifs because the goal here is one code base compiled to multiple platforms, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. And I think that, uh, I, we're going to see going forward in, in the, the future versions of both OS's where it's going to come closer and closer together. But just right now at this point, there still is, uh, some separation there. And, and this is one of those cases where, it's not a separation you would necessarily expect.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, that just seems sort of odd that they would mishandle media like that when it's kind of an important thing in, in Win 8 and Windows Phone.
2: Especially in a, yeah, especially in a connected uh, consumption application, which is what most phone and most uh, tablet applications are. Yeah. Uh, they're very uh, image intensive. So it does, yeah. It, and I like I said, it's it's caused a couple of issues in a couple of projects where I've looked at it and gone... Oh, that would be so much better if I could have just included that in the model. Yeah. And instead of having to handle create a helper class on each side to be able to take a URI or a, or even just a string and turn it into a URI uh, from either side. So, um but overall, the portable class libraries have saved me a ton of time in being able to manage and create a really good manageable uh, code base to utilize in an application, and then pour, and then have it across both platforms. So it's made it, it's made it incredibly helpful to the point where now, even if I'm planning only to write the application for one platform or another, I start off in the portable class library for hmm. a couple of reasons. Uh, one is it gives me the option later on. Yeah. To, to extend it out to another platform without any excess work. Um, the other one is it forces me to properly separate my concerns for MDDM.
0: Right. And it's interesting how much this MVVM pattern is landing in all these solutions. Because in the end, if you're comparing Win Phone to Win 8, is the only real difference the size of the screen?
2: Um, uh, not really. Um, uh, I mean, f- at first glance, yes, the size of the screen. But it, there really is a, a workflow and a usability difference when you look at how uh, people use the two devices. Right. A phone is used much differently than a tablet is. Uh phone is predominantly used with one hand. Tablet is usually used propped up or with two hands or you know with thumbs only. And there's there's a bunch of different use cases that you have to take into account when uh when writing an application for a tablet that you don't necessarily have to worry about in the same same depth with a phone app. So there that's one of the reasons why you'll see also that the the uh they always say don't copy and paste your your XAML. Um, make sure that you're you're actually building your XAML separately for each platform because uh, you do want to make sure that the UI properly um, not only follows the 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 layout and the standards of that particular platform but also uh, that you're thinking actively thinking about what the use case is and how the user is going to use it and how it should be displayed to them
0: yeah and, and like I said it's really the interaction pattern how are they actually interacting with it yeah. What are the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome?
2: Um, With, with portable class libraries yeah. or just in general? Yeah. Um, in portable class libraries, I think I found probably one of the biggest annoyances was actually the issue with, with images being able to yeah. not hold the images in my, because it, it's in some cases has created huge workarounds or having to think of my architecture differently. So where I actually, now I have an object Plus a handler, right? Instead of uh, just having my object, where I would have just gone and perhaps um, gone from my my um, from my restful service and collected the image at the same time when I collected the rest of it, instead of basically having to hand that off to a helper class.
1: I wonder why that is that the uh, that bitmaps aren't included.
2: Uh, like I said, I think it's just the the namespaces are different, and because they don't allow you to use the uh, the conditional compiles. Uh, you can't make that differentiation. But
1: why are the namespaces different? That's, that's the question.
2: I, I honestly would be willing to say that it's a good, there's a good chance it's chalked up to the fact that it's just time. They ran out of time to hmm. make all the changes they wanted to make in the namespaces. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in .NET and there's an awful lot going on in those namespaces mm-hmm. that it's not a, a simple thing just to move A whole section, especially something as big as media. I would imagine that there's a lot more going on there that needs to be, you know, properly moved instead of just, you know, it's not just a matter of changing the namespace. I don't think, but that's, that's for me, it's speculation. I I just look at it logical sense and that's sort of what makes sense to me. And, And from what I've been able to see in other parts, um, that to me makes the most sense. And like I said, I expect to see in the next version or two that those things come much closer together and as always i try to write my code so that it's sort of looking forward and going forward um i'm lucky enough that i'm not in the situation that a lot of developers find themselves and i used to find myself as well where i have to constantly think about supporting legacy uh i'm i'm lucky enough to be working towards some of the the newer stuff and with some of the newer technologies Mm -hmm. and i sort of try to program forward instead of having to always program back
0: Well, I'm also thinking in terms of feature parity between phone and tablet and, you know, with the no conditional if, how could I build, because I have those other interaction options with a tablet, I could be building some additional features in the tablet space and I still want to do that. But I guess if I have a, a, a different view that activates some other services, that's just fine. You'll never have that view in the phone. So those features will never get used.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And there's there's certain yeah. There's definitely features that are going to exist in one platform that won't exist in the other. So I, I can see sort of that separation. But it ends up in some cases. I found that with uh, even with the portable class libraries, you end up with M the insert something else here M. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so model view. What the hell did I do? Model.
2: <laughs> yeah. Model view and throw a controller in there. Model.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and a few piles of bailing wire. And
2: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to when they when they get these things more in line because I think that we're really it, it's going to be a very good experience when you can when you can use the portable class libraries to their utmost. I mean, right now I think they're a fantastic tool, and like I said, it's where I start now with my programming. As I actually start um, thinking about my objects. And building my objects as a library, and then I build my my views on mm-hmm. top of that mm-hmm. so um and I find that actually that sped up my development again on top of some of the other things that I've been doing uh, It's actually made it possible to develop even faster, so and I'm always looking for ways to develop a little bit faster, so
0: no kidding <laughs> ah. well, you know here I thought you were taking the slow approaches and it, and that's what sort of surprises me here is like. This does seem to introduce some complexity. But it, I guess it does it is knocking down two birds at once, right? That you get to build for phone and for uh tablet at the same time.
2: But the funny thing is it's not really introducing any complexity. It's actually telling making you take out the pieces that when you're building something in MVVM, it's making you take out those pieces that should be separated hmm. and making sure you properly separate. Them. You don't have the ability to put in elements that control the view in the middle of your model or in the middle of your view model you have uh you basically handle your objects and your your business logic there and that's all you can do so it actually helps you uh it's it's part of the it it basically gives you no option but to write better mvvm code
0: yeah right it's it's funny how you know that that's the same thing that happened with ios when when the it first came out because it had so few features. You were naturally constrained and didn't tend to get decorated. Like constraints keep things simple.
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, and yeah, yeah. I'm adding another library, but the thing is, is I would be writing the same classes and the same um, the same classes and the same structure, but just putting it directly into my application. Here, right. I'm just it into a separate library, which then allows me to make changes to that library and then support two different platforms at the same time, which then helps me to improve my support system. And, and, and in the end, it ends up being all about um, code manageability, right, and, and, and application lifecycle. It, it really lends to uh, helping you with all of that. And I just I find that overall, I, I, to the point where I've even taken my my libraries that I use for all of my applications, and I've split them up as well. So now I have a portable class library that works between phone and Windows 8, for my general tasks and I have a number of them that are going that are in there and there's more going in all the time and then I have my separate phone-based libraries and my separate Windows 8 based libraries.
1: This portion of the tablet show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, And content management. And we're talking free, free, not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET Ajax, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems. All of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash freestuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the Tablet Show. So, Atlee, you obviously put a lot of attention into your templates and your setup, how much time do you spend uh, typically when you say I have an idea for an app? When you sit down uh, and you know and pull everything up and and start writing, how long does it usually take before you press F five and actually see something that you would call an app?
2: Um, it depends on the app. I, I find that uh, especially with phone apps and and also with tablet apps. Um, Building something that does something clearly and, and effectively and simply is, is still, uh, for me, seems to be the most successful and the, uh, right. um, and the best way to do it. So I tend to come up with an idea for an app and then walk around with it in my head for a little while until I literally, uh, am just trying to get the code out of my head. So I've already looking at it and saying, okay, well, I know what my objects are and I know what these pieces are. So, it can be um, a few hours to uh, a day's worth of work, and then I'm looking at an app that I'm basically then polishing off and deploying.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Especially when you know, when you incorporate when I incorporate all of the extra libraries and the other things that I've built, um, and that goes a long way. And I, it's one of the things that I, I I try to tell developers a lot is anything you use more than once should be put in a library. Yeah. Uh, and that's really what I do. And I find that I go back into existing apps where I say, "Oh, I've done that before." And I go back hunting for it. And I go, and when I when I spot it, then I yank it out of that application. I put it into the library. I refer to it from the first application, and then now that becomes an update for that application. It goes mm. in the marketplace with an update. Simply having a piece yanked out of it and put it into the library, but that update helps to improve my ranking in in the search results. Right. So then uh, then uh the second app gets a feature added in next to no time. I'm not rewriting the code. So it does lead to situations though where people are like, so how do you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I know I did it once, but I only did it <laughs> once. <laughs> Every time after that is one line of code. <laughs> so, and that's sort of my, uh that's why I've always called it my lazy library.
1: Yeah, that's great.
2: <laughs> go in and put features in. Um Like I've got a, uh, Uh, A feature that allows me to figure out distance between two points, taking in the proper curvature of the Earth based based on the angle on the planet uh, between the two points. Hmm. And that's an awful lot of code. Yeah, but really good code. And uh, I've only ever had to write it once.
0: And you really don't want to write it twice. And I I
2: never want to write it again. Never, ever, ever. And I know how to write it, but could I sit down and write it right now from scratch? Probably not, but I don't have to because it's a line of code to refer to it. I send it two points and it sends me back the answer and I'm done. So, and that's, that's what's allowed me to create, uh, the number of apps and, uh, the, the type of apps that I've been able to create.
1: So your lazy library, where, where is that just like a local cache of code
2: somewhere? Um, well, I have, I have, um, it's actually now three libraries. There's a portable class portion of it that ends up getting included with all projects. And then there's the, uh, library that's either phone specific or Windows 8 specific. And what I'm working on doing is, uh, uh, around the end of June, end of July, I'm planning on releasing a compiled version of those libraries out, uh, probably to a code project and, um, and giving them to developers to use for free. And then, uh, once I've finished all of the other pieces that I want to put in it, then I'll probably send out the source code for it too and let people extend it and enhance it.
0: That's awesome. How often do you, you know, the order that you build these things in, because it feels to me like, especially when you're dealing with the phone, the view is so important, like really thinking through the UI piece. Do you do that first or you tend to construct a set of services first? Like how, where How do you go when you're assembling an app?
2: it it really it really ends up being it's it's like almost everything else with programming that i've found there is no one way to do it it's sort right. of in some situation i'll come up with an application like you said that is it's all about the view it's that that awesome experience that you're building and so i'll start playing around with that that first with some dummy information in there so that i can actually see something in place and then once I get how that's working and I figure out exactly how that's working, then I'll build the objects. But more often than not, I find that um, by the time I've got uh, my fingers on the keyboard, I, I sort of know what all the pieces are. And I start building it basically from the bottom on up and uh, from the object to the calls, to the population, to the storage, to the to the view. Um, but yeah, there are times when, when, yeah, it's, it's an experience that it's all about the view and I'll, I'll, I'll do that exactly that I'll decide about the view and I'll build the view first, but it doesn't tend to be the rule. It tends to be the exception.
1: Atlee, there's another soap opera ad on for Hulu on Skype right now that's covering your face
2: well i mean better, better look at than me
1: well i don't know why soap operas <laughs> like i mean where are they gleaning that info from me or you you know I have,
2: it must be you because i don't even watch tv
0: so. i don't even watch tv either yeah
2: <laughs>
0: clearly I you guys know. are missing out or at least somebody thinks you're missing out a uh, some
2: uh maybe maybe they've been watching my life and they figure soap opera fits it <laughs>
1: Like, there's so much information conveyed on what ads you see, you know? Oh, it's I like, know. It's like, who thought that up? Yeah, that's <laughs> quite the implication.
0: <laughs> like, I don't have enough drama in my life. So, how do folks get started with the uh, the Portable Class Library? So, is this actually a product?
2: Uh, well, actually, Portable Class Libraries are actually right in your SDK. So, when you install the Visual Studio... Um, Either Windows 8 SDK or the Windows Phone SDK, or you just have Visual Studio. Um, when you go to, if you want to build something with port a portable class library, you go to, um, Visual C Sharp in your, in your project types, and it will be one of the, one of the grouped projects in there. Yep. In your base of Visual C Sharp.
0: And, and that's presuming you're working in Studio 2012?
2: Yes. Yes okay. it's as far it's as I know it's available previously it's just a template in, in 2012 Nice and when you uh when you choose that and name it and start it up it will actually prompt you for which platforms you want to support and uh you'll have a, a group of different ones and if you choose a platform that needs a has a dependency on something else let, let's say that you deselect um I don't know, uh, .NET 4.5, and you choose the phone, well, it'll reselect 4.5 for you and say, well, you have to have this because you're doing phone 8. And it will uh, basically uh, set up your project, and you'll have access to it from all of the platforms that you've chosen.
0: Cool. And And I did find that they're making a portable class library tool set for Studio 2010 as well.
2: Oh, good. Good.
0: Although, I just don't find a lot of folks still on 2010 anymore. People moved up to 2012 pretty fast.
2: I, I saw that. Actually, I found that, too. I think that 2012 has the fastest adoption of any of the Visual Studios I've seen in my whole time using it.
0: Yeah, which I find interesting. You know, everybody else is, everything else that came out last fall, and I'm pointing at Windows 8 and, and things like that, seems to have a fairly slow adoption. People are very careful with it. But Studio, just not the same. Like We're just using it. It works.
2: Well, I think it's, it's a fantastic tool and it's, it's definitely, it's battle hardened and it's, it's something that people know and they, they understand, they know what to expect. And I think the big, the big thing that's driven the adoption is the fact that you get free versions of it now, Visual Studio Express and, um, the Visual Studio Express comes with the SDKs. Yeah. And so anybody that started playing with the SDKs has now automatically got 2012. As soon as you taste 2012, it gets a little sour to go back to 2010.
0: yeah it's true but it is very backwardly compatible that was the other big piece was that you could open your project in 2012 save it and you could still open it in 2010 it was just you didn't have to move up to the latest framework like it was very friendly for folks who wanted to interoperate
2: it really was yeah i think that it's probably um that's probably gone a long way towards making it more comfortable because you know that you can always go back to 2010 if you want to but yeah. then I think once you get there, you get comfortable in that seat, you never move.
1: It's just so many nice little things in 2012.
2: There really are. There's so many. There's there's so many things that uh, even things that existed in 2010 that they've just polished off and made that much nicer in 2012. So I, I found it. I found it really a pleasure to use. And
1: do you use the light or the dark theme?
2: I use the light theme. I've used the dark theme for a while, um, but uh, I find that I tend to use the light theme just because I guess I'm just. Cause I'm so old school and mm-hmm. I mean, I was using this when it was visual basic.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Me too. Right.
2: So, I mean, I just, I remember that. And so I put in the, I put in the dark theme for a while and, and uh, I find the other thing is I do a lot of talks and they do a lot of presentations. Yeah. And I found that I was switching back and forth from the dark theme to the light theme and dark theme, to the light theme. I'm a, what the hell? I'll just leave it with the light theme now. Sure. Cause uh, the dark theme is a little harder to present with. Yeah.
0: So I'm looking over the target platforms, and it sure looks to me like Xbox 360 is the limiting set because it only supports the core features in the in the platform class libraries.
2: Yeah, I think that the uh, the Xbox libraries are the are sort of the lowest common denominator in that feature set. I mean, you'll find that you can do X and A based applications in Windows Phone 8, but it ends up being a um like like you said, sort of a a, a lower feature set. Um, it does give you some really interesting and, and great abilities. I mean, I really enjoyed programming in XNA on, um, on Windows Phone 7. And, uh, I had a lot of fun with it. So I was, uh, I was a little upset to, to see that it didn't carry the same weight in Windows Phone 8 as it did in Windows Phone 7.
0: Carry the same weight? I thought it didn't even exist.
2: Um, well, no, you can still build things for XNA and, and XAML, uh, in Windows Phone 8. It's just not, as robust as it was or it sorry it's not the only way you can build games in windows phone 8 there are a lot of options now in windows phone 8 on how you can build a game right. um and some of the some of the newer options are just i mean you look at XNA, and, and you're like oh that was really nice then but now i can use like i can use unity <laughs> i can right. use now i can do direct 3d i can use my own c++ libraries i can do you know there's a lot of options you have a lot of things you can do so XNA went from being the way you write games to being one of the ways and maybe not not the best way in certain certain situations. So
0: Yeah, and it's true they definitely expanded the library, but it sure feels to me like I mean, we talk about Silverlight being dead, but it looks like X and A is done. Except for Monogame, uh, mono game. Which it is the low it, it that
1: is what everything's based on in mono game. Which is really interesting. It is. Once again the mono thing. Irony, irony, irony <laughs>
2: Lots of irony. I know. So what's next for you, Atlee? Well, um, I'm working on a a couple of really, uh, I've got a couple of really nice uh, sort of secret applications that I'm working on that uh, I can't really talk too much about, but I'm really excited about that are going to uh, take up tons of my time and and, uh, tons of effort uh, going into the summer. But I'm going to be, it looks like I'm going to be insanely busy this summer, which I'm really excited about. Plus, I'm still looking at uh, releasing trying to release another hundred and fifty apps on each platform before the end of the year, so
1: oh good Lord
2: um <laughs> why Can not nothing
1: that? stop this man?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um I'm just trying to get rid of some of these ideas I mean um <laughs> uh, if I get three hundred apps in each platform, then that means I'll have put out ten percent of my ideas, so yeah, um, which
0: platform is making you more money? uh the phone interesting yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They only talk about maybe 10 million Windows phones out there, but there's a hundred million Win 8 licenses. That seems contradictory. They're all using desktop mode.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I find, I find that what you'll see and, and as more of these tablet, uh, or sorry, these touch, uh, enabled laptops and, and screens and desktops come out, I think that you'll see that will shift, uh, a fair bit. But right now, I think that when you look at that 100 million Windows 8 licenses, a lot of those are desktops. A lot of those yeah. are people who have upgraded desktops or have bought desktop computers right. or have bought laptops that aren't touch. And uh, in a lot of the cases, when you um, when you look at some of these, these Windows 8 apps, um, they work so much. It's so much nicer experience when you're using touch. and. People aren't thinking of it as the the Windows. They're not thinking of the Windows Store. At least from what i have seen. they don't look like they're thinking as much about the Windows Store. Yeah. So I know that Microsoft's actively looking at how they can how they can change that story and how they can they can bring more people to the Windows Store and, and get those uh, downloads up. And I mean, there are some some apps that are doing you know fantastic download rates on the Windows Store. I just find personally. My own situation is that um, I'm finding um, much more uh, much more money's coming from Windows Phone, and I've found actually that since Windows eight's been released, the Windows phone development from from companies and, and corporations looking to develop Windows Phone apps has actually increased a lot
0: hmm. Does, Do you think the two have anything to do with each other?
2: I think now that there's a tablet and a phone version, it sort of gives you sort of the double whammy that um, maybe it was missing on having just the phone hmm. and so now you have and i mean you do have a 100 million windows 8 licenses right so that's right. a that's a substantial base so you'll find people are saying hey let's build the windows phone experience and the windows 8 experience and i'm seeing that a fair bit and uh, the ability to do both relatively quickly with the portable class libraries is definitely a win
0: been mm. making a difference yeah. hey where where does WinPhone phone 7 fall in all this now are you still building for it at all
2: um I actually just recently stopped building for Windows phone 7 um my last maybe my last 15 20 apps um were for Windows phone 8 only right uh, for, for previous to that they were all for Windows phone seven five and um I still probably have about 12 or 13 that I haven't moved up from 7.0 up to, to and they're going to end up going from 7.0 jumping straight to 8.
1: Is it because not as many people are buying Windows Phone 7 apps?
2: Um, no, it's not necessarily that. It's just that um, Phone 7 apps won't run on Windows Phone 8.
1: Well, yeah, but don't you think there's a lot more Windows Phone 7 apps still out there than there are the new 8
0: versions?
2: Yes. But now that the, uh, the 7.8 updates have come out, so a lot of the Windows Phone 8 apps will run on 7.8 right.
0: devices, right? Okay, so you could build, if you build an app for 7, for 8, it will run on 7.8 phones.
2: Uh, well, not every single app. Certain apps will still have an issue because there will be hardware issues that if your app uses things like NFC or some of right. the yeah, other okay. advanced features that are required, uh, that require Windows 8, then no, they won't. Um, but, uh, it, you do have a, a much better chance of having your application run on a Windows Phone 7, 8 um, device now that those ones are out. Um, also, you're seeing the logical, the logical lifespan of a phone, a cell phone, is, uh, is a year to two years, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. um, that coming, you know, with that coming to the end, I mean, I'm looking at some of my apps have been out there for two years now, so it's time to move them up to the later versions uh, and out of the uh, the version of phone that they were originally built for.
0: I love my, I, I have my little Nokia 800 still. I'm off to Europe for a couple of weeks and that's an unlocked phone. I'll get a local SIM for it. And then I have my 920, but it's a locked phone. Even if I got it unlocked, I think I'd still, because of LTE and stuff, it just won't work well in Europe. It's nice to have the two phones. Yeah. So I'm going to keep with this. I'm going to keep having a 7.8 in my life for a while.
2: Oh yeah no I know I know a few people that are that are really love the the smaller form factor of that phone and they they're going to they're going to have that phone for a while and not everybody's going to upgrade uh immediately right I mean we live in a a society where uh we're a little more opulent and we have uh we replace things a little faster than other parts of the world do mm. but uh you have to you have to be aware of that but I definitely don't I wouldn't tell people not to develop for 75 because 75 is still a very viable platform like you said there's a a, a vast number of phones out there that are still 75 phones yeah or 78
0: although it does seem like you start to see serious sales numbers coming out of Nokia now millions yes. of phone 8s going out right. mostly yeah. 920s so uh, it it seems to me like pretty quickly the 7 phones are just going to be overwhelmed yep. and after 2 or 3 years they they're just going to be gone
2: yes yeah and uh, and that's that's sort of what I'm working on. And I have to, um, with the number of apps that I have, I have to sort of gradually start doing that because if I don't and try to do it all at once, it's, uh, it's quite the undertaking.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, I think that's a show Atlee continue being amazing and inspiring all of us in the trenches here to, uh, to get atlee productivity. <laughs> you want to get at your level.
2: Well, thanks. And like, as I've, as I've always said, I'm always willing to, uh, to help developers in any way I can so I try to keep in contact with them as much as possible and uh, I do talk to a lot of people from all over the all over the world actually now it's really really awesome and I really enjoy it and uh, thank you I really enjoy your support and uh, I really enjoy your show
1: thanks thanks again we'll see you next time on the Tablet Show it's not too much money.